Welcome to The Solution, a real estate podcast where myself, Phil Sexton, and Jeff Seabock in his Cardinal jersey sit down with mics in between us to talk about the industry, to talk about the market, and sometimes to talk to friends of ours that work at awesome companies that do cool things to hear what their take is on where this industry might be So going. where could you find one of those? <laughs> I had to look. It's actually, I had to pay a lot of people to say that they would be my friend. Yes. And Bill Risser is here today. Bill, can we hear you? Yeah, I hope you can. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Bill Risser. I met Bill Risser in 2006-ish. It was in the Kiva room. At the corner of Choya and Tatum in I'm an like, office. I've been to the Kiva room. <laughs> yeah, yes. It was the shape of a circle. It was a horrible meeting room, but it so just I lived. It was an octagon. It was odd. Okay. It, was <laughs> odd. it was odd. And it was really uncomfortable. But anyway, Bill would come in and he would teach realtors how to use technology. And my uh, dad and I would be doing office meetings. And that's where we first kind of started, got to know each other. Absolutely right. That's right. I, I was, uh, I'd bring up a dozen donuts like every other loser title rep and uh, sit there and talk, talk, talk technology. In fact, that's where I met Jeff for the first time in, in the Kiva room. Yeah. Same yes. thing. Yeah. Yes. He was there. He was there for a, uh, like a lead gen class of some kind. And he knew like way more than I did. So that was awesome. And uh, I learned a lot from him. So it was Dude, great. Let's be real. He was there yeah. for the dozen donuts. Well, you're right. I think no. that's true too. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> What's it? Oh, right. So, and then Bill, that, I mean, just to fast forward, I think yeah. that I didn't realize that you and I were going to be good friends until I understood how quirky you really were. <laughs> <laughs> and, what a compliment. And, and, Where's it going? Where are you going with that, Phil? Are we, are we allowed to talk about that? I, I blame Barbara Streisand for. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, we all have our deep, dark secrets. Mine is, uh, uh, you know, my at this point, 42 year love affair with Barbara Streisand. And I don't know what to tell you. It's just a thing. It's my thing. If you go on YouTube and you type in my 33 year love affair with Barbara Streisand, you'll see me do a five minute Ignite Phoenix talk in front of a thousand people at the Scottsdale Center for the Performing Arts. So um, is it going to be that feedback? So enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, no, I um. So yesterday we we're like, we need to actually do a little Barbara Streisand research. We want to do an official like, like Bill, Bill Risser themed intro yes and so i went on youtube and i'm like googling barbara streisand's best songs the most famous songs and um yeah dude everything i listened to i was thinking to myself well maybe bill liked, like like this love affair might have started when she was an actress because this <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, we, we get to talk about this for a second. I'll, I'll go. I'll go deep. Uh, look, well, let's pretend singer. we're on your podcast and go deep on your background here. Like, That's like, right. Because like, uh, those that don't know Bill, listen to his industry leading podcast. You already oh, talk about that. No, yet? you're right. He's an, an innovator. In He's a, the yeah. most innovative real estate podcast in the country. The real estate sessions. Right. And the part that people enjoy the most, which makes like, it's kind of like chalkboard screeched down my spine is he goes so in deep to learn about the person. And you so, want to get to like the nuggets. Yeah. Of the I want to know why they're doing stuff in the industry. So Bill, tell us about it. Yeah. Look, that's why it's different. If it's innovative, that's the only thing I do different. Most, most real estate podcasts. And look, there are thousands of them now. And, and Jeff, I get it. You're, you're, you don't have a lot of time. You want to go, let's get to the, the meat of the thing. Let's go, let's go. But I refuse to give in. Am I, I know. I, yeah. I am curious by nature. I love finding out about people. I love finding out their background. 
you know, when I find out some guys, you know, from Penn State, I mean, it's very interesting to me and I want to know more about it. Um, and, you know, for whatever reason, that that first eight to 10 minutes of my show is going to be me learning about the person. And, and look, I think for me, my Unless podcast, it's Steph, Stefan Swanepoel's interview, which is a great one. And it yeah. was more like 18 minutes of the interview. Yeah, I, couldn't really, I, lost all, I lost control of that one at the two minute mark, Jeff. So there was, there was no... Why is that squeaking? Yeah. There's a squeaking sound. What you is hear that? the squeaking too? I don't know. Yes. I hear it as well. Yes. Hopefully that I... when we record it and post it, we don't have the squeaking sound. It might be for me, but I don't hear it. So that's interesting. Yeah. But oh, I you're hearing it from the computer. But well, wait, oh. let me get back. Uh, enough of the squeaking sound. Yeah. I want to get back to, was it the music? That got that she got you hooked on, or was like it the very first thing? The, yeah, the music was is, it was an album that my aunt had at her. I was staying at her place in Ocean Beach. I found this album. It's uh, Barbara Streisand live at the Forum. It was a live concert. I think it was a benefit for George McGovern in 1972. I listened to it, fell in love with it. It's amazing, right? And then I meet my wife uh, in 1980, and one of her all-time favorite movies is What's Up Doc. And if you haven't seen What's Up Doc, it's an, it's a hilarious movie. Barbara Streisand, Ryan O'Neill, a young studly Ryan O'Neill. And uh, it's just set in San Francisco with these incredible just car chases and stupid stuff. And we were going to do a a Bill Risser face overview over Ryan O'Neill, which is exactly. Oh, I want that. I want that bad. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just curious if you bring up your wife every time somebody questions your love for Barbara Streisand. Bill, that's funny because in that in um, in that presentation I do in Scottsdale, I, I say this. I go, uh, you know, I, I said, and then my wife and I go, yes, I said wife in front of the thousand people. It got the biggest laugh of the entire presentation. <laughs> yeah, no, it's look, all of us have our things, and uh, you know, she's, uh, I think she's amazing. So that's Great. nice, awesome, awesome. What um, are you currently? I, I mean, even though you're, we're here to talk about Barbara Streisand, and we're here to talk about where we met and why we're friends and the fact that we just hung out in Florida, which was awesome, helping to educate the Florida Association of Realtors on mm-hmm. um, the bar camp style, you're right, the bar camp that we ran there where yep. um, Bill is was given credit by the Florida Association of Realtors for really being the reason why they still do bar camps is because you're, you're not just in the business to do business, you're actually a guy in the business that loves the relationship side of the business and you help give back in volunteer aspects. When you were in Arizona, you would be on stage at our associations, even though you were a title rep, because of what you did and learned and knew and, and wanted to share. Yeah, I, I think, you know, ultimately, uh, I'll subscribe to the Sean Carpenter, you know, f- belief that if you build relationships, solve problems and have fun every day, you're having a pretty good day, right? Yeah. Um, especially the solve problems part. And I, I, I just feel like I'm a connector by nature. And when you can... Um, meet a lot of people, then build that network, then you can help people, right? Because then they need something and you go, I know a guy. And Phil, I know personally, I've had people call you that say, I, I have to call you first. I go, Phil, do you mind? I got this guy. He's got these great questions. I know you got the answers and you always say yes. Um, yeah. So that's, you know, thanks for that. Of course. But that's because, well, thank you for saying yes. And I'm like, hey, want to come on the podcast to talk about... <laughs> Barbara, uh, rate my agent for a little bit. <laughs> okay, good. We, sure. We're we going to fast forward. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Dude, we're, this is Bill Rister's episode. We have to talk about Bill first. I'm sorry. I want to get to the point, so how they we're can gonna. learn about why I'm yeah. wearing the shirt and why Bill Risser is on camera. Okay. So, well, David Johnson. Hmm. Bill okay. worked for Chicago Title in Arizona until three, four years ago. 
Yeah, I, 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 in 2017, I moved into the, the other side of the Fidelity family with Fidelity National title here in uh, St. Pete, Florida. Right, so you and, moved to Florida. You stayed with the same basic company, the same parent yeah. company, but yeah. you took your title it, business, what you did here. You actually, it, there's, the, there's a job description in the title world that's named after Bill. It's called the RISSER. <laughs> <laughs> the RISSER is if you have a title rep who teaches agents how to use technology and social media, we call that that person's title is there the RISSER at that company because he was the first to be that guy. Awesome. They're, they're a lot younger than me, though. I, I, I've, I've watched them. Looking, but I wasn't going to bring those up. <laughs> <That's all right>. <laughs> <laughs> and so when hey. Bill moves to Florida, he works for Fidelity. He starts to train the agents there. And then, you know, I think he got that 14, 15 year itch where he'd been in the title industry for long enough and he's a relationships guy and he knew some people at rate my agent. I don't know exactly how it came down, but now you've been working, you're the general manager of the U S operations for rate my agent. Right. So my job is to help grow the company here in the States. I work closely, Molly McKinley. I think, you know, Molly, Um, Molly's our, our, our marketing wizard on this side of the, the pond as well. So the two of us, our job is to really grow, grow the business. Um, and look, for me, it's a, it's a startup here in the states. I've always wanted to be a part of a startup, uh, probably for the last fifteen years. It's you know I got maybe twenty, and uh, I kind of got the opportunity later in life. But it's been a blast and a challenge, and sometimes frustrating. And all those things that that uh, as I went through the process to join the company, they warned me about. They they weren't lying. Um, I mean, when you can. When you can pivot as quick as a startup, it's pretty cool, right? Uh, I was with Fidelity, which is a, you know, this this giant freighter that takes forever to turn around. But we went through three different pricing schedules inside of a week in my second week. So, you know, you have a, a, a the ability to, to 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 really make a difference in what the company's doing and to have a say and and also to be a part of something that's uh, I think. I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for something that I think really helps agents. Like it's, it's really important and a really um, kind of a underserved space. So it all made sense. Yeah. So we titled it, how do you use realtor feedback as kind of a, we love double entendre two meanings because yeah. um, we want to help people keep score. The NFL, right? Like, no, but the reality is, is, and when you keep score, you count the, wins and the losses yeah, right the points for you and the points yeah the against points you. against you right like so it's the failure of the industry forward in it's funny because when we ask agents about rating their performance um they usually cringe because you always remember the one or two bad out of a hundred right like in realizing measuring ours and going for the i mean I'm, i want to make sure that we We let Bill talk more about it, but the key is interviewing every client if you're keeping score, right? Mm -hmm. Not just the ones because the the issue, Bill, that we we brought up with with Leopard was is that you know up until now for the last hundred years of realtorship or whatever, we only get the reviews from the people that are that we believe are the glowing people, but it allows the bad actors in the business to hide because they can have no reviews. They can sell 500 houses, have no reviews, and nobody has any idea. And we just yeah. think it should be more like Amazon or it should be more like people should be able to see what your actual performance is. And, and in football, you have your yards per carry, right? Like you, you, you know, each measurement that is measured in keeping score rates all of the attempts, not just 
the your best attempts or my running average would be 99 yards, right? Like because that, that was my longest run ever. So yeah. Uh, Jeff, I couldn't agree more. Look, the if you think about um, uh, the typical review request from a realtor, it's going to be, this was a great transaction. I'll send that email that has all the links so I can get my reviews. And when it was that, uh, that, that seller, we'll have, you know, you've all, you've all in this room worked with that seller. There's yeah. not a chance you're going to ask for a review request because no matter what you did, it was wrong, right? Even though you were doing, working at your highest level and you're doing great things, this person's just not getting it. So you're not going to send one to them. Totally understandable. It's not a, I don't think it's a fault. I think it's just um, human nature. You know, we want to be liked. And I guess oh. that's, you know, that's part of it. But I'll tell you, the, the, um, they're, they're, that game is changing, right? Like that 5.0 review, the 5.0 rating for somebody is not honest. It's just, just no way if you were to be um, truthful and transparent and get reviews from everyone that you're going to be 5.0. I mean, a 4.7 or a 4.8 rocks. That's a great goal to hit. Um, and the opportunity when you do let everyone leave a review, the opportunity to shine on the one and two star reviews is is really really overlooked. The opportunity for you to come back and and just use that that bad review to reply and be be you know kind of um, in a couched way, kind of handle that situation, right? And everyone that, that, that checks your reviews out, which is that number is growing, by the way, 97% of consumers look at reviews. Now it's 97% not as high. 97% of consumers yeah. look at reviews? Now that's maybe for a television or a waffle iron. Did I say waffle iron? Okay. But it's not for, <laughs> but it's it's not going to be in real estate. It's much lower actually, right? Because there are too many people are just talking to a friend to find a realtor, right? Or, and, and, the, and the, unfortunately in the consumer world, about 75% of people just, the first agent they talk to, that's the one they work with. Even like I just read this, 69% of first-time home buyers go with the first agent they talk to. Not really doing a lot of work there, finding out if they've got a great agent, right? So, so, so how do we how do we build something that's gonna make make it easier for the consumer to answer those questions as opposed to going to another big, big, big website that does reviews that everyone's a 5.0? And I think that's it comes down to tying the review to the actual data of the transaction. When I can see this review was for that house in the neighborhood where I want to live, I learn a lot more about that agent than I do just a wall of reviews, you know, on one page, right? Just a bunch of words. So, so I think that's that. That was really intriguing to me when I first started with this company. And then just to go a little bit deeper, in Australia, they actually have a a way to request the review for every single transaction that a realtor, um, clo- I'm sorry, in, that, in Australia, a real estate agent closes. Um, and they get a badge of honor called a trusted badge, which sits right underneath their face on their profile page, which means we are getting a review on every single closing. And I think that's huge. And, and I think our point in bringing on Rate My Agent versus a, a Zillow, where we kind of <laughs> learned about it, is because it has to be unbiased. And obviously, if somebody's a broker, it can't be like, because I don't know where that, I mean, to me, they set the a better standard with their with Zillow's new um, CSAT score. CSAT score, yeah, and that yeah. that kind of led us to where we're at. But the reality is, is, is it where we're trying to lead with Leopard is, and what we've done in the beginning of this year is we started reviewing every single one of the clients that we get from the leads that we provide. Every and, single one of our clients that closes, we review and ask how our agent did and whether they're going to review us or not. Right? Or I'm sorry. Um, refer us, refer. Or not. Mm-hmm. 
right? It's the NPS score. Right. And when we started doing that for our business, it was a little bit more eye-opening. It was beneficial for us because then it oh. gave us real feedback that we could talk to our agents about. And it gave us real feedback we could celebrate with our agents. But I want to go back but, to the bad reviews for a second. Yeah. Well, just, just one, one more point on that. It's just that even just knowing that every client is going to review is what we're after. And that's the change of performance to make sure that your agents are more customer friendly and serving of their client. Cause you do change when you know you're being reviewed. If you didn't, hear you don't have, you never hang up on anybody. <laughs> I, think, I think that was the end of our podcast called um, what we learned from Zillow about lead conversion. Correct. We ended with one of those points. If you guys didn't listen to that podcast, it actually got, better feedback from people that we work with than any of the podcasts we've done yet. Yes. Because we got into some of the real world stuff, but I want to get to bad reviews. Let me first, let's take a quick commercial break. If you guys have a minute, we'll be right back. Have you noticed that the industry talks about raising the bar, but no one has done anything? Agents are being mass produced without any training standards. If you're ready to raise the bar and increase the level of professionalism amongst new agents, visit realestateleopard.com to pledge your support and join hundreds of others who seek change within the industry. Bill, thank you for hanging in there for our commercial break, man. We really appreciate that. You're always so funny during the commercials. It's awesome. I I, I'm, glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad no one else heard that. Just yeah. really important. You, should, you should retell that joke. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, all right, all right, I will. All right. I will. I will. Um, what's, I can't what's wait so, to hear what you're going to say about bad reviews. What? Well, it's going to copy what it's going to um, follow along the lines of what Bill talked about is what mm -hmm. bad reviews do is create vulnerability. And when you're trying to learn who a person is, when you can get to a state of vulnerability, that's when you just get a little better glimpse into who they are. Right. And when somebody has to respond to a bad review, they're eating crow, their tails between their legs, they've got egg on their face, whatever phrase you want to use, and they have to come out and how they respond to that person either shows shows you more about their character than how somebody just says thank you when they when somebody leaves a nice review. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brene Brown, right? Go get the book, Dare to Lead. You want to learn about, you know, leadership and vulnerability. It's an awesome read. Um, and and you're right, Phil. I think that. The, the, uh, the opportunity with, with those negative reviews is just, just all, always overlooked. And really, if you think about it, you know, the, the, there's, never, there's never a time when a bad review can't be fixed. And I, I think sometimes you know, maybe, maybe for some agents, they'll need help. They'll need to kind of figure out the process. But, but look, this is the truth. Everyone in this call does it. Everybody does this. You look at the five stars when you're looking at reviews, and then you quickly click on the ones. What did they say? Right. Every time, every time. But I think, Bill, actually, because when you said that you, you can't think of one example, I can think of one example, but why this will work is because the one bad review we got was with somebody that I never met with. And I didn't think that it was fair because they haven't actually experienced our services. Because we're not talking about reviewing people that are that were in the car or even that you met at a yeah. coffee store or whatever it is. It's only clients that you went through an entire transaction so I think it will be a true representation because they will have, or you had the opportunity to impression upon those people because you went through 30 days, 60 days, 90 yeah. days, or 100 days. So there's really no excuse how you can have a low score. 
other than if you're just bet, you know, so sorry for interrupting, but I just wanted to add it in there. It's beautiful yeah, that it's only on the the, the, the your actual clients. You though. validate it to the house. Yeah. And we do. I mean, that you cannot leave a review on Rate My Agent unless you're a party to the transaction. You got to be the buyer or the seller. I'm yeah. that's it. So uh, unlike Yelp, where people can come in and just troll and do whatever they want, right? Um, you know, we don't have that issue. We, we, we can't have, you uh, say you, you pick on Yelp, but can't you pick on every other agent review source out there? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, tying it to the transaction is a lot of work, right? It's a lot of relationship building with MLSs, uh, sometimes with franchises, you know, to their back, back office uh, software, but, yeah. but it's critical for us. I mean, the ability to, we look, one of the best things that we do at Rate My Agent is I can pull up a map of a neighborhood that, that you specialize in as a realtor. And, and I can, I can, instead of all the pins being the recently sold or the comps in a, a, a listing presentation, all those pins around the subject property that of this, of this listing presentation you're at are all reviews from yeah. homes you've sold, right? In that area. Think about and that. That is going to create true neighborhood specialists too, because you'll be able now to see are. the visualization and, and why we're pushing it is because when you do a great job like that, it's going to raise your business. It's going to help actually explode your business. Right. Yeah. It's, it's that map. When I show that map to people in a, in a demo or, uh, you know, I'm talking to a, to a, you know, a CEO of a company, they, they, every single time they have never seen that. I go, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty powerful to visualize that, to, to let imagine, you know, that, 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 listing, um, potential listing customer is looking at the map going, wow, I know the three of these people. I know three of them. I go, yeah, of course you do. So let's, you know, cause it's your neighborhood. It's yeah. Cool. All right. Raul's got his hand up. We're being patient. Raul, let's hear it. What questions you got? Do you remember Raul? Did you guys meet? Absolutely. When- I know Raul. Yeah. He we knows hung me. Out. All right. We hung yeah. out. I did some classes with him. So he- I know him very well. So- no wonder you know how to find the mute button, Raul. And you showed up. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I saw you were, I love these guys too. So I learned from them too. Yeah. But, you know, I sell a lot of homes, but I, I, I don't, I, I just don't, I don't have a, I mean, what you guys talking about neighbor, I don't, I, I, I don't do a neighborhood. I mean, okay. so and neither do we. Is that, going to, is that going to hurt? Well, you guys, you do. Uh, no, you do I mean, the, thing, the difference is, I, I mean, for me in moving from, I was, we were neighborhood, I was neighborhood focused for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then we went Valley wide and it, I don't, I think it actually helps you because it shows a different level of, you, you know, you can, you, your services port well, meaning mm-hmm. that it, cause some people are looking for the neighborhood, but to me, I think that when you sell Valley wide, it gives you a, a different level of, of respect, right? Because my service is so good. I can, I mean, to me, and that's kind of what I want to push for the industry is I can sell houses anywhere, right? Like it's, uh, it's kind of silly. The whole neighborhood specialist thing is kind of whole silly because you can only sell houses in one neighborhood, right? Well, like that's because the game has changed. The game and has changed. The, I, I, what I say value. is that I'm an internet guy, Raul, and therefore, my stuff applies wherever I, I can. I can mm-hmm. target because the internet's everywhere. Yeah. Um, hopefully, that helps. But talking about that, you know, that rate my agent and like for example, I focus right now. My customer base is a hard customer base to try to sell them a home right now because 
there's nothing under 300,000. So I'm trying to go to other areas like Eloy, Arizona City, Casa Grande, Maricopa, because I, I still at least can get into under the 300,000 area. Yes. But it's going to hurt me, rating my agent, if you try to a neighborhood, because I, I mean, I, I, I'm i the valley wide too, west yeah. and south. No, I look, I, I think we get this question a lot where, when you first start your rate management profile, it looks there's only two reviews. You think, oh my gosh, there's only two reviews, right? We're we're not out there promoting the site to the consumer currently, right? You're the they're going to drive to that site initially, probably via you. You're going to send them there, so you have control over that. Um, but but we also allow you to link past reviews, so you can go in and grab all you know reviews from say I think it's about five years ago. We have data from Armless. You can go back and find all those past properties you've sold and ask, you know, kind of re-engage a customer and say, would you mind? I'm just kind of getting my, my review platform up and going. Would you mind writing, you know, writing a review on this transaction from 2020 or 2018, right? And then it just populates into your profile. So that, and not only that, but we'll allow you to bring, connect reviews from anywhere. If it's at Zillow or realtor.com or anywhere, as long as you can remember which property they were, because sometimes it doesn't identify the property very well, we'll let you attach it to the property right? Attach that to the property as a linked review and throw that into your profile. So everything we're doing is all about, you know, you are the only one that really knows who left those Zillow reviews. Cause a lot of times it's not the name of the customer. It's some kind of code, uh, but you'll know, and you can connect but, it up. Well, in any case, it's always better to have somebody that's telling the people that's great than nothing, right? Like, so to me, it's always better to have great performances, even if it's somewhere else, like you are who you are, right? Like to me, don't be afraid of who you are, even if it's outside. Like, cause I, I have people like, okay, well, I sold a house for, you know, a, a, a manufactured home in AJ for 75,000, should I not? I think it's a great thing to say, my service is good no matter wh where I am, right? Like it, it's, it's always a super high level. I get one thing that I wanna add and then I'll get to your, your comment, JB is that I think that, Bill, you used one example of how reviews are displayed, that Raul is asking questions about that one example of how reviews are displayed. But the majority of people display reviews not using that map per se. That's one way you can use it, but there's a list of the transactions and all of the reviews that I think most agents use. He just yeah. he just brought up the fact that because they're tied to addresses, you can also map them but Correct. I don't want you to get too hung yeah. up on that one feature. Yeah. And you can remember what we do. We really are a digital marketing platform at, at the core because we take these reviews, these third-party validations and help you push them out into every social channel. We make it as easy as possible to try to get them to Google my business. Um, and so that, and we have widgets to put them on your website because you probably should have them there as well. Um, so it's, it's, it's part of the process, right? The reviews are important, but they're really your hard-earned asset. This is something you worked very hard, not just in this transaction, but a lifetime of learning all the stuff you know. And to get someone to say these great things about you, you want to be able to share that. So instead of saying, I'm the best or I'm number one, you've got these other people saying the same thing about you. You're the best, you're number one. And, and it just goes a lot further. Can I ask a JB, question about the actual JB review? Okay, JB, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, you sure? All right. Um, I totally agree with you, Bill. I, I, I recognize A, that um, all five-star reviews look fake. You need to have a couple four-star reviews to look legitimate. Yeah. Um, the problem that I've run into is um, the number of platforms that are looking to aggregate my content. I know that reviews are like 
it's it's the coin of the realm when it comes to uh, uh, getting fresh content on the site. And um, in the past, I've asked clients to send them to Zillow, Realtor, Yelp, my own site, Bizarre Voice, Angie's List, and my brokerage. Like literally, most of them require somebody to create a, a new login and authenticate themselves. And most of my clients, after doing one or two, are done. Um, so... How do you uh, how do you deal with the fact that you can't ask them to review you on seven different sites? Yeah, um, we don't really push out to those other sites very well. I'm actually going to be working with one of those big names to to try and make that happen. Um, but okay. but generally speaking, uh, I think um, I like the way we're handling it to be able to bring all those reviews in from the other places from the past and put them there. I think we have to have some conversations about the um, the direction some of those companies are going. Is it really going to be, uh, you're going to be sending them all those places going forward, right? Because, uh, you know, there's some competition coming in now, some other things. And I'll say it because you won't. Is that, I mean, Zillow <laughs> is going away. No, but there's going to be a gap left in the system because they there have is. announced that there is. that piece yeah. is going to sunset. And unfortunately, yeah. Google's too gamed. We experienced in our local marketplace when we... Um, we were competing and Google came out with their new platform. And uh, one of our elite competitors had in the 70 to 80 Google reviews. Mm. And then we started advertising on Google with their new, I don't know, what was it called? Local services. Local services. And then three (laughs) weeks later, he had 900 reviews. What do you know? Five star. And he does not represent as many uh, foreign people as appeared to have left him reviews. Right. <laughs> but it, it. it's, it's why we have to push for something collectively and why we, 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 we reached out to, to Bill Risser and rate my agent was one, the uh, idea of how do they create the review meaning around the NPS, but two, because it's an independent platform and it's, you know, a buyer and seller, uh, verified. So um, I think it's just the, we're in the third or inning of reviews and we realize that, well, our, we have a consorted past and we got, we pick and choose and it's just kind of, where are we going to direct this thing in the future? So I don't know if that helps. And I look, JB, I'd love to get your take. I mean, you know, when you ask for that many, how many do you get on average? A couple? Oh, I was going to say the, their response rate. I mean, if, if if they like me, I, I will usually get one, maybe two out of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I, that's think, it. I, think, I think you're, that's, that's about average. I've, I've heard that. Yeah. And I mean, there's a, a, a guy in Tampa here, a KW agent who asks for seven at every closing and gets on average two, but that's his yeah. goal. He yeah. wants to get two. And so yet he has to ask for seven and he sets it up with the expectation at the beginning of the transaction that he's going to ask them for seven. So they know it's coming, but, uh, but only if the, everything goes very smooth. So think about that. He's saying, if everything goes yes. perfectly smooth, I'm going to ask you for that's seven. The problem. <laughs> yeah. that, that's the issue. Um, yeah. Well, that's I know that issue. you have a, you, you actually have a big and important job and I know I that do. you are, you enjoy hanging out with us, but I want to be respectful of your time. Are you, yeah. do you got a jet? What time? I do, but, but it might only take me a few minutes and I'm going to come back. Is that all right? If we're still here, you know, right. you're more than welcome. I don't right, know if cool. we can fill the time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so right. much well, for having me on guys. I really absolutely. appreciate Thank it. Thank you for, for, for saying yes. I want to ask more about who owns the reviews. He said he's coming if, back. If I, if I yeah, I'll come back. All right. All right. So commercial break. I guess this is just a shout out to all of our friends in the podcast to start to try to review every client 
yourself. The good news is you don't have to publish it. But what we are going to do as uh, choosing to lead, Dare to Lead, the Brene Brown book, is that we we are, bring that back. We, we are going to no, but we are going to make it public. And we are going to make, so we've been using um, the MPS score. And Lena, what is our score currently? I believe it's 90. 90, 90. Yeah. Which, which, which is kind of funny because most people would think a 90s, not, I didn't think. A minus. Yeah, right, mm -hmm. exactly. But actually, uh, anything over 50 in this score is very good. If you get 40 or 50, you're considered average. And because you're asking every single client and you know we've gotten a three and we've gotten a four but most of them are nines and tens i mean there's even some where we were like this this was the happiest client i ever had that gave us an eight but like there's just part of that but that's the realness of it but the um what it's going to drive you is to do a better job is where we're at with this is, is that it will raise the bar and then under the leopard brand, as we promote this, it'll be an independent party that's pushing this out so that we can stand behind you saying that we verify, you know, you're, you're following our system of, because our brokers are not going to do it is the point, right? Like the reason why brokers don't want to do this and why it cannot be led from a broker level is because their only way of staying profitable is new recruiting. And the reality is, is unfortunately, when you focus on new recruiting, your customer service yeah, lags. I'll, I'll but I mean, the, the, why sure. the teams can, can deliver better service? I'll take a little different angle on that. And that is if you if unless all the brokers review all of their clients, if you're not happy with oh, the you fact that your broker is right. doing it, then you just go to one of the brokerages that isn't going to do that. Right. And so. That's not a bad thing from the public perception, because if you have all the agents that don't want to be reviewed leaves, who's left? The freaking rock stars, right? But I think I want to talk about the trifecta of data, because for us. Oh, um, do we have a din 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 before trifecta of data? <laughs> what the, what's, sure. What's the trifecta? I it's, don't know, Phil, tell us. I've got three different places that we put data. I've got a featured homes <clears throat> section, which has all of our closings as well as actives and whatnot. You're talking about on our website. On our website. Okay. I've got a agent. I've got a, you can go see all of our team members and all of our agents have a profile. You can go to reviews and you can see all of our reviews. And what I like about what Rate My Agent is doing is that they're taking those three sections of data and combining them together so that from one, you can get to the others. Because what ideally we can do in the industry, not just on our team, like we have control over what we do on our website with our team. And then when um, we like the idea enough, we push it up and we talk about it. So others take do it as well. I love the idea where somebody comes to our website, they click on an agent name, or let's call it on our digs, where you click on an agent name. And now you can see all of the houses that that agent has sold and all of the ratings that that agent was reviewed or whether or not the, the client opted to not leave a review. Or I can go in from the reviews side, and then I can look to see who has the best reviews, and I can get to the agents and the properties that way. 
or I can go into the neighborhood side and I can look at properties to then find agents and the best reviews. It's those three pieces that have to go well, together. And what Rate My Agent is doing is in buying data from MLSs is understanding that with that MLS data, I've got names, I've got addresses. And if I bring in the reviews, then I've got the trifecta let me make to help consumers make an educated decision of who they work with. And let me help each of you. Can I get an amen? Amen. But can I ask a question? Yes. So not not always is the customer looking for the reviews. And it's something that I think there's a lot of us that are secret agents. And let's say I have a customer that is moving to South Carolina and I'm, I'm trying to find somebody, let's say in our network, EXP, and I'm looking for EXP and they have nothing. They have no reviews, nothing. I, I don't know how to, who to send somebody that I don't know. This is our point, Raul. Thank I mean, you. That. Lena, did you write an article about this recently? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. I, feel like, I feel like you read it. Did you read our article? <laughs> no, I didn't. But I, I was looking for somebody in South Carolina, and I I end up look going with somebody out of EXP because the guy had like 190 reviews. I called him. He, he asked, told me how long in the business. I had to go that way because everybody in EXP, for example. Well, you get you know, tired of looking. Hold on. They didn't answer, or or they had zero reviews. Raul gets more value out of that referral check coming home than the way the stock might bump up a little bit if he included it. But what he said is the same thing that the consumer is doing. And they more look at the total number of reviews. And that's how we're going to benefit. It's how the elite agents, because if you're focused on just getting more reviews, and you're doing a good job, your number is going to be great, but your total number is how this is going to explode because I'm going to listing appointments. And when they say it, they're like, well, I'm going with you because you have the most and the highest score, yeah. right? Like we have been underserving ourselves by not getting and even if it, you know, to me, I think you'll find out that you actually do a better job than you think. And that if not, you'll quickly find out that you've got to do a better job. If you're getting low scores, do it now before you, it, it, yeah. it's, it's publicized, right? Like you have a chance to start reviewing everybody now to clean up your act, but that's the whole idea. You're also doing yourself a disservice by not getting feedback from everyone because that you, there's learning opportunities there. Those ones, twos, threes, fours, the, the, there's learning opportunities in those lower numbers for you to elevate your business. That's the, thank you, Lena. If you guys, could you hear her? Yeah. The learning opportunities, right? For the low reviews. I think, Lena, the, what happens in our business, in this wonderful business of sales, is that the salesperson takes it so personally that, that it's. It, I do not. Hold on, Jeff. <laughs> what, what, what do we say around here? It's not a coachable moment. <laughs> Yes. Like, when you get a bad review, I, I don't care what, what learning lessons there are. Go get some exercise first before you respond. 12, yeah. 12, pack 12, miles. 12 pack, 12 miles in 12 days. It can sting. It can sting. Yeah. But the reality is, is you don't want that. The thing is, is it's a chance for you to improve there. True, but if you don't know where to turn to improve, then they call us. Then call. Amen. Then then subscribe to the podcast. Yeah, subscribe yes. to the podcast, right? Like to awesome. me, because the goal is actually just to do a better job. But that's yes. how we're going to help everybody in the room. Ah, that is not the goal. That is one of the goals. But the goal is also to help promote the agents that do a better job. Because I want the consumers to be the consumers. 
when Raul is a consumer in South Carolina, he doesn't know who to turn to. And that's a problem. So instead he turns to a brokerage. What's the name of that brokerage? Zillow. And he asks them, who's the best agent that I should work with? And that's broken. And that to me is, a, I don't know that that's the best thing for the industry. Regardless of who the consumer is, whether it's Raul or somebody that's actually living there trying to do it. Because if they click on your face, you may have to pay a 35% referral fee for that lead. (laughs) But maybe this is, you know what? I always try to think of unintended consequences. Maybe if we do such a great job of putting this publicly findable review system out there, referral fees will go away because I don't need you anymore. I can find an agent in South Carolina. The problem is- Oh, you mean referral network. Referral networks, whatever you want to call it. Right, right. This will be a built-in mm. referral. Well, it will be a built-in referral network because I'll just go with the person that has the most reviews on that's the best in on rdigs.com. Yeah. yeah, Raul. I mean, you're still going to interview three people if you can. I mean, you're not going to send it to the first one that has. I mean, just because they have three hundred first-time uh, homebuyers. I don't believe those stats. Uh, I'm yeah, sorry, but I, I'm talking as an I'm talking as an agent. You know, when I'm looking for somebody. Then I'm going to refer some. I'm not going to send it to the first person. I'm going to talk to the three top people that I'm going to pick and see what they're going to respond. But I think the biggest two things that I think we all do sometimes wrong is we do not answer the phone when they need to be answered, and we don't communicate at the speed that it needs to be communicated. And I think if those two things are solved, we get better reviews. I mean, there's bumps on all all deals, but those two things are what the customer. That's not like it's why the bottom of his shirt says powerful, right? Does your bottom of your shirt say powerful? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it does. <laughs> Tom Ferry. <laughs> yeah. How'd you know that? What's that? Because <laughs> I own one. <laughs> and I'm not, I, I'm, I, you know, to me, I, to me, the, we won't get down that thing or whatever, but great feedback, Raul. Yeah. I, I agree. There's it's, no question. Jeff has been uh, very vocal and agents don't answer their phone enough. That is true. Always yeah. answer your phone. Yeah, no, I, what people don't realize is that they think, I think the core of it is that you think that you have to pick up the phone and the consumer and the customer service just wants someone to right. pick up the phone. Right. So finding the, the answering service or the, cause we or hiring we, an employee or hiring an employee or what we used to do in the beginning is I would auto forward my phone in listing appointments, star eight, three, or think it was, or something like that. Star eight, four is Verizon's like your phone carrier has an auto forward that someone should at least just pick it up and say, Hey, it's Davis Marsh with EXP. Sorry. I'm in an appointment right now. Uh, you know, I'm answering for David cause he's in an appointment. How can I help you is so much a better experience, but these are the things that we're after all with this is we used to remember when we used to have weekends where I'd be Saturday and you'd be Sunday and we would I just, tried to forget those. Yeah. Yes. We would trade every weekend we would meet up so that we could hand off the leash. I mean the cell phone. Yeah. You right. mean like here you go. <laughs> here's, the, here's the eight pending things that you're gonna have to deal with tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, here you go. It's your turn again. But it's, yeah, I mean I took a six hundred thousand dollar listing appointment from a, a, a lead that called in and said, Thank goodness I got a hold of someone. I called six other agents and it was either an answering service or it's the only reason why we win. We hold this whole podcast. We actually don't do shit well. We just, answer, we the just answer the phone. <laughs> All right. I think we wrap it up. You good? Sure, I'm good. Yeah. All right. Thank you all for joining the conversation. I want to hear what Rebecca Durfee has to say about this whole topic. 
Well, she's going to have to unmute herself if you want to hear from Do you Rebecca. want to teach her how to unmute she herself? Did. Oh, I don't know. Rebecca, Rebecca what do you got I know how. I, you know what? Oh, you know what? I'll do this. Um, I, I think it's very interesting. I do the reviews. I do them consistently and faithfully. And I do, I do get five. So now I'm starting to wonder if maybe, maybe they're lying. Maybe I'm supposed to get lower. Do you, do you interview or do you ask every single client, regardless of performance for a review? We do. Yeah. You're amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think it's every a, single client. But this is a point we of why the all, leaders so to, to, to support you. This is why everybody should start doing it is because actually our numbers are going to be better than we think we are. And when you compare them against the bad actors, you're going to, your, your star is going to rise. No, but you, you introduced a piece of psychology that we haven't talked about yet. And that is private reviews versus public reviews and what people are willing to say privately that they wouldn't say publicly. And I think that that is what, where I just went to based on what you just said is when we're doing our NPS score, it's just us on the phone with them. And it, they know that it's not going to be blasted around the internet for everybody else to see, like it doesn't technically hurt. Right. Whereas when, if I ask somebody to go and leave a public review on a website, they think about it a little bit differently. And maybe that's something that Rate My Agent and Bill Risser has worked to overcome is how do you get honest feedback from people, period. Right. You mean, because a lot of agents work with their friends and their friends they don't want not. to say something negative publicly about that person. Maybe. Even if maybe. it's not your friends, if I'm going to send an, if I'm going to send a review, they know I'm going to see it and they don't want to feel bad or, you know, so yeah, that's true. I think yeah. that makes a big difference. Um, thanks. I think that, um, yeah. How do we overcome that? I don't know. We still publish the review. And I, I, one of the things that I like about rate my agent is now that we talk, started talking about bill to bill about the NPS score is that they're rolling out the NPS score in rate my agent. Yeah. We're and trying to include I, it in our app. So, you know, so that then it's public when they come to your listing, they can see your reviews is, is where we're trying to take this. Right. And then letting that app be the one that bugs for the review or the rating or the NPS result, rather than us having a person on staff whose job it is to get in touch with people, because you all know how hard that can be. It's hard to chase down people, isn't it, Rebecca? It was muted again. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, awesome. We get probably, we do get back probably a fourth, I would right. say 25%. Yeah. Yeah. It's not enough. Yeah. Cool. Oh. All right. Time to keep score. That's my wrap up, right? Like time to, to, time to, 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 to let the public know how the great agents that listen to our podcast are performing and to make sure you ask your clients and then you'll know whether you think you are as good as you are, but then let's make them public and let's outperform everybody else. Peace be with you. Thank you.